What's going on and welcome to another episode of Chicken Scratch Gospel. I am your host, Matt. With me today are some special guests, some friends of the show, because my man and co-host Daniel is off celebrating his anniversary. (laughs) Hey, his anniversary. So today we have a a regular guest of the show, my beautiful wife, Amanda. Hello, Amanda. Hello, Matt. Oh, (laughs) <laughs> Very formal. Thank you. She never calls me Matt. It's always Matthew. So Matt was weird. It hit me different because she said Matt. Uh, also, first time guest, longtime friend, my man, Tony Newell. What's going on, Tony? Hello, Matt. That did I, not. I, I, just, <laughs> yeah. I, I try to be on the same level as Amanda here. You know, it just. <laughs> It didn't sound uncomfortable at all. You sounded real natural. I think let's go. It's good. It's good. Hey, so, so today, um, today we, we got some stuff also, by the way, uh, just, just going to throw that out there. Producer Andy, you're mic'd up today. Yes. Okay. (laughs) He wasn't ready for that one. That's good. Yes. So, so we're all kind of mic'd up because we're, I want to have this conversation and just so y'all know, right on the front end, this is going to be, this ain't going to be a little 20 minute episode. You know, we're, we're going to, we're going to get into the weeds of this because, you know, this is a, this is a pretty big topic because it's something that, you know, we have, um, I think we've all experienced, maybe even all wrestled with and struggled with at times, uh, within ourselves. If we're, if we are completely honest, which we like to be, uh, on this, on this podcast and, and, uh, that's the topic of insecurity. And the fact is as leaders, right in any leader, we, we shouldn't lead from a place of insecurity, but to quote the title of the episode, it do be like that though, sometimes, doesn't it? Like it, it we we shouldn't be, but but it definitely turns out that way at times. And 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 uh, what we want to talk about today really is what's the best way to deal with insecurity. And we're going to get into our scripture here in a minute. But but before we even dive into the scripture, let's let me ask you that question and see where we are now and then we'll go to the end of it and we'll and we'll revisit the question so what's the best way to deal with insecurity uh, are you talking on a personal level like yeah, my y- own yeah yeah because I, th- I think it's got to begin it has to begin with us mm-hmm. right uh, i think i used to have a really bad habit and i think it's a human thing but just deflecting you know you're trying to figure out why you feel the way that you feel and so it's just anything or everyone else right i think for me i've gotten to such a good habit of just acknowledging it instead of justifying it or trying to find a way around it when i start feeling some type of way i'm yeah. always understanding it is 100 percent me because um i give people or i don't know situations i i give them the power to make me feel insecure but that again is on me that's my insecurity that's you know sure. me feeling some type of way so every time i have that feeling i'm not trying to push it out on anyone else i literally am going no i'm going to acknowledge it for exactly what it is because i think the second that we do that it just doesn't have any more power yeah over us because insecurity insecure person's first play is um i'm going to turn my insecurity into your flaw right that's the first play this is not about my insecurity this is about you doing something wrong. And I can, I can preach that because I've done that before. Okay. And that's just straight truth. You know, it, it, typically first and foremost, you meet an insecure person. What they're going to do is they're going to find something wrong with you instead of looking within themselves. Right. I, I know for me, man, a lot of times it's always been like, I, I've, I've got to have people like me no matter what. And, and so, okay. you know, yeah. and, and yeah. so I'd lead in the part where, um, you know, I, I deflect conflict, like Amanda said, 
But it's hard to deflect. I mean, when you deflect co- conflict, you always look at it as in somebody's not going to like you at the end of the day. Right. Right. And so I just don't want to be in it. I don't want to do it. I know when I deal with it, I, I do the same exact thing. I just accept, you know, who I am and, and, and who's God, ca- who, who God called me to be yeah. basically. Um, and just roll with it from there. Yeah. These are, these are good. These are good things. I, I refuse to be em- embarrassed by it. Cause I think that's yeah. the main reason why we start like pushing out on anything and everything else is because the idea of it just coming down to the fact that I'm just insecure. Is why, why do we get embarrassed by it? Because, because the truth is insecure, insecure leaders have been murdering people and, and killing the church for years. Mm-hmm. And it's because they don't know how to face or admit their own insecurities. Like it, it, why are we embarrassed by, by our, uh, Humanity, for lack, for lack of a better description, because that's what it is. It's all stemming from this this brokenness that is humanity. Because it's easier to be insecure than to be in truth. I mean, if you think about it, okay. <laughs> like, you know how people get they get scared and mm-hmm. then they think about like, man, I I don't want to, I don't want to repel my insecurities. So uh, let me just put on this face. Right. And, and lead this way. Yeah. Sure. And sure. if you're talking about church culture too, if you're a leader, um, you. First of all, you're kind of trained and raised to care about what people think more than what God thinks. So if you care more about what people think, if they find out that you're insecure, that you're an insecure leader, you're less than. Yes. It's uh, you can't even survive that. So you right. don't even try. So you can't you can't even embrace your weaknesses or your flaws or whatever cuz first of all, you're not trained to do so. Um, because you're trying to be this all-knowing leader, which is a terrifying concept, but it's true. Yeah, I mean, we, and that's funny because what we like to do is, again, we'll, insecure, insecure people will either project their, their, you know, their insecurities onto other people to make it seem like, no, it's not my insecurity, it's your flaw, or, you know, insecurity, and I say we because, again, we've all dealt with it. Uh, you know, we, we maybe uh, get embarrassed by it or what have you. We, we run away from it because we don't want to face it, whatever the case may be, but the fact is, um, in doing that, we, we ignore the fact that God is God and we are not, um, because we're, we're trying so hard to just be, you know, perfect in the eyes of the public. Um, and, and I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I would rather be imperfect in the eyes of the public and made perfect in the presence of God through Jesus than anything like that's got to be the focus of the church. That's got to be the focus of, of us as people. Because the fact is insecurity has been an issue for humanity for a long, long time. Yeah. And it's and, and we can say like, man, I just want to fall into who God wants me to be. And I just going to be everything that God says that I am. And that's why I want to go to the scripture that I want to go to today, because it's easy to say that, but it's hard to, to embrace who God sees you as or who God calls you to be or who God says you are, because we don't always see ourselves as such, especially coming from the pit of our own insecurity or self-doubt or self-worth or lack thereof. And that's the scripture is found in Judges chapter six. It's a, it's a story of Gideon, uh, you know, and the Midianites at the time were, were an enemy of Israel and the Midianites are coming in and they're, you know, um, they're raiding this, these towns, these cities. And, uh, and so Gideon goes and he's, he's, he's uh, going to hide some grain. He's, he's on a threshing floor in a wine press. So he's not even... Th- He's not even threshing the grain in the right place. He's in a wine press with the grain because he's trying to hide the grain from the people that are coming to get him. And uh, that's the Midianites. And then it says this in verse 11, it says, then the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree at Ophrah, which belongs to Joash of the clan of Abiezer. And Gideon 
the son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of a wine press to hide the grain from the Midianites. Why? Because the Midianites, um, you know, war back then was brutal. War is brutal now. But I'm talking like women, children, we're going to kill everybody. We're going to take all of your stuff. We're going to, you know, burn your cities. We're going to ravage your towns. And we're not going to leave anything moving. And Gideon's trying to hide some kind of provision and hurry up and do it before they come and they get him. And it says, then the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, mighty hero. Other translation says, uh, you mighty man of valor, right? Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Remember, he's in the middle of being attacked. His whole clan is being attacked right now. This city is being totally decimated. And he hears, mighty hero, the Lord is with you. <laughs> and Gideon's response is, uh, sir, because <laughs> first i'm sure he was looking around like mighty hero who, who are you talking to yeah. <laughs> sir uh if the lord is with us why has all this happened to us and it's and it's interesting i want to stop here just for a moment this this is probably another episode it is what it is i sorry for the rabbit trail but isn't this very much like us as human beings when bad stuff goes on we get mad at God and we say, if you're with us, if God is so good, then why is all this bad stuff happening? Why? We never say if God is so good, why is all, why is all the good stuff happens that happens? We always, <laughs> if God's so good, look at all the good stuff that's happening. No, no, no. We say if God's so good, why is, why is there bad stuff happening? But I digress. That's, I think, another topic for another day. But Gideon's, you know, if the Lord is with us, why is all this happen to us? Where are all the miracles that our ancestors told us about? Where's that God? If he's with us, where's that God? Didn't they say the Lord brought us out of Egypt? And now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites or handed us over to our enemies. And so I, I, I look at this scripture and I see an absolutely insecure Gideon being told by an angel of the Lord that God is with you. This is who you are. You mighty hero, mighty man of valor, God is with you. And Gideon's response is like, no, nah, dog, that's not, <laughs> that's, I, that's, that's I don't, me. I don't believe that. I don't receive that. He's rebuking this, this angel of the Lord. Like, no, nah, that, that's not true. Insecurity in, in the Bible right there. Boom. Oh, we're going to comment. I mean, you do, no, do I love that. Put, put, say something. I, I, I've been on this. I've for, been talking a long time. Say something. Yikes. I think I've been here like five times and I'm always like, is it my turn? <laughs> it's like a jump rope. It's always, yeah, it's always your turn. I'm really, I'm really good at this podcast thing. Um, yeah. So it, it is a very interesting and like you, you did like a side thing. You were saying that it's going to be a different uh, episode or whatever. Should be. Oh, I love that. I kind of want to dive into that, but I totally get it. We can wait. We can't. Um, right. Gotta talk about insecurity. Um, we are uh, it, we are supposed to be seeing it that way, you know, um, that we are just mere people, just kind of scrambling around trying to make things happen, you know, and in fear, hilariously, just trying to make it happen, but recognizing and acknowledging God's um, God in it. Uh, I think a lot of times, again, we're talking about church culture. Um, people right. are told that you, you know, just you're not praying enough for it. You didn't pray hard enough. For it to change or to get fixed or whatever and if I'm being completely honest there was a um, I've had a few moments in my life because I absolutely acknowledge the fact that God is absolutely real because of who he's been to me um, 
it's, I acknowledge the fact that I've had a lot of times where I have been frustrated with him because I know who he c- can be and who he is. Right. And I know his nature, so I'm like, dude, where are you at? And it's okay to even right. be there. Absolutely. But there was a time where, like, um, Matt, you and I have been in ministries that we didn't even want to be a part of, but we felt like God was telling us to be there, and that was yeah. really tough, man. Yeah. But in the midst of all of that, I have my grandfather who pastored for 65 years and he had dementia at the end of everything. And right. he was such an amazing man of God, seriously and honestly, truly gave his life to a cause and he meant it. And, he, and God used him because he was just a mere vessel to be used for his glory. And that right. was amazing for me to watch. And he's definitely the reason why I serve Jesus because um, the church culture didn't teach me that. Cause right. I, I was always seeing, he was real. He became, God became real to you because of pop. Yeah. Because, yeah. um, church would happen and they would say, this is God. And it wasn't God. It was selfish and, and self-righteous. Called and him the reverend, stuff. but him, he was amazing. But at the time he's in a nursing home and he's just what, just drooling on himself until he goes home. And I'm in this moment going, I gotta be honest with myself. You know, in this moment I'm going, okay, God, I know who you are. I know what you can do. I know what you could do. I see, I've seen it happen. Um, my grandfather, whenever his brother, his brother had dementia and um, actually Alzheimer's and he went over to his house and had coffee with him. Mm-hmm. And within that coffee conversation, my grandfather's brother just completely got healed and he was in within his right mind until yeah. his very last day. Right. So here, fast forward, my grandpa is in the nursing home and there's no, there's no deliverance or freedom from it. Not, not right. one. And right. I'm watching it happen going, God, I know who you are. I know what you could do. What's, where are you at? What's going on? And Matt, you mentioned to me something in that situation because we're always trying to grasp at straws to figure out what God's doing in a moment because we're like, maybe he's doing this and maybe he's doing that. But I'm like, there's no honor in this, God. What's going on? It was such a huge test of my faith and it was absolutely necessary for me. And when I started thinking about it more, my grandfather would have done it over and over and over again just to give me a perspective that I needed moving forward to be able to be more equipped to minister to people in a way I would not have been able to before. Sure, and at, and at times, again, and, and I think that's definitely getting into the stuff of why sometimes um, we endure or experience the storms in life is, is so that we can grow and we can develop our faith. Um, and, and that's what I, that's what I kind of talked to you about was, you know, if you, if you really think about it, pop was not around for that last little bit when he was like, when he was like in his mind gone, that wasn't him. I'm, I'm almost positive the grace of God being sufficient as the word of God tells us that he would, God probably had him well taken care of for us. What was happening is and how fitting is that in his final fleeting moments, months, years, what he was doing was he was giving us an opportunity to see him and ask God why and develop our faith. Still ministering to us from position of where he was. He was ministering to us in that he was having us go ask God some questions and tackle some stuff that was really hard for us to deal with. And um, the, thing about, the thing about Pop that I really, really appreciated was this. You know, I would always tell him, man, you know, I don't know a lot about God because I was really nervous. He was always very kind to me because he knew I was called to preach. He'd always call me preacher. Hey, preacher, how you doing, preacher? Like, and, and I was like, I was trash. I was so bad at communicating at this point in time. I was so bad. But he was always very kind and very encouraging. 
And I would tell him, you know, I just don't, I would call him the reverend. I said, you know, reverend, I just don't, I don't feel um, like I'm, like I'm good enough. I felt very insecure because I got, you know, into church late and here I am now I'm supposed to be teaching people the Bible. So I had a lot of insecurities and I'd be like, you know, I didn't get saved till I was 18 years old. He said, you're in good company, brother. He said, I didn't get saved till I was 19. And I was like, oh, and he goes, yeah. And essentially, you know, what he was saying was if God can do that through me, he can do it. He can do it through you. So don't, you know, don't make it about you. Don't, don't, don't cut yourself off at the knees. Don't be insecure about the call that God has placed in your life. If you're growing, then you're changing. You can't ignore it. It's not, it's not going away until something changes. And, and that's the same with insecurity. It's not going anywhere until, until you change it. You don't outlive your insecurity. You outgrow it or, or it just continues. I, I think about uh, my, my seven-year-old. He always says like, hey, daddy, daddy, uh, my knees are hurting. My knees are hurting. Does yeah. That, does that mean I'm I'm growing? And I'm like, yeah, yeah it does. It, it. I mean, we all know that 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 there's a little bit of pain and growth, I right? Mean, you know, and and so so when he's asking me, you know, I'm thinking, man, this is a great leadership moment that I can talk to this kid into. Yes. And he's only seven, and so yeah, there is a there there's there's pain and growth, and and it just it it really does help us develop, um, and, and just to be you know who we were called to be, basically. Yeah, I love that. And and the truth is, is that until a change occurs, until a shift happens in in, in our lives, um, you know, we're, again, we're going to just drown in our insecurities. And and don't get it twisted. That's what's going to happen. Don't think I'm a pretty decent swimmer. And I even there's a friend that I have out there that likes to if you're listening, you know, he's, he says he likes to live on an island. And I always tell him I'm a good swimmer, though. I'm gonna come get you. You're not going to live on that island by yourself. I'm gonna come get you. I'm a good swimmer. Nobody's a good enough swimmer to swim against the current of insecurity. You will drown in insecurity unless you change something. And the change that we need in order to outgrow our insecurity is found in trusting the God that we serve. That's where the change happens. We can't do it. We can't do it. That was a good lull. I was going to say, that's, (laughs) is it my turn? Um, Yeah. Just talk. You just, you don't even need to wait for me to finish. Just talk. Oh man. I'm so, I'm so good at this. I don't know why you keep asking me to do it. I just Um, love how secure you are in your, in the gift that you have of this. Yeah. This is good. Absolutely. um, Absolutely secure. Yeah, you, I just you know, topic, man. I just be wrapping <laughs> around the topic. You know what I mean? I'm looking at the crew like you know. know. This is like a this is a huge thing for me because um, I I do I, I see a lot of insecurity in us and, and in the church and in leadership. You know this um, this thing that we expect ourselves to be, which is like perfect and righteous, and and so that becomes our our ultimate goal. We have got to stop being scared of the truth. The truth can even be, hey, I'm suffering, man. I'm going through it. Like, I have coping mechanisms that suck. They are messing me up. They're hurting my family. Um, Being absolutely 100% open and honest because we're so afraid of what people are going to see. And we know that, hey, God may may forgive me. This is actually something that, oh, I'm not going to say who told me. But, like, when I was growing up, okay? Yeah. Someone close to me told me that whoever they are. MC such and such. I don't know who it is. But uh, they told me that God will forgive you, people will not. Uh-huh. So because you care so much about what people think, it matters what people then think. Then it traps you. Now they you feel trapped. They have to perceive you. Then you're like, right. am I the only one dealing with this secret sin? Am I the only one going through all of this stuff? Am I the worst human to ever exist? And so it, that 
that breeds so much. And then we have all this weird secret sin and then we're ashamed and then we're so, we're insecure and then we can't step into who we're meant to be. The truth is we're all human. We need to stop being scared of who we are. And that means all of even everything, the fear, the, the issues, the problem, the sin, the, I mean, it, stop making it um, right. bigger deal than what it actually is. Preachers, teachers, pastors, human. evangelists, leaders, uh, people serving, people attending, everybody stop being afraid of the truth. Why yeah. are we afraid of the truth when, when we teach? We teach and we preach that the truth is what sets us free because that's, yeah. that's what the Bible says. Yeah, but the scary thing is, though, too, there's a lot of, pa- I mean, to be a pastor... All I have to say is, God told me, dot, dot, dot. And then I could tell you whatever I want. Because if you trust me as a leader, guess what? You're going to go, oh, that must be true. Uh-huh. And so, well, that's I the one. That's the you. one. Yeah, that's like the one. Um, that's the one, like, if you want to get a pastor to leave you alone. Like, if a pastor's trying to minister to you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah. What am I supposed to say to that? God like, they have me. people that come up to me and be like, you know, God told me this, or I've been it, praying, yeah. like, okay, I'm not going to. No. If God is telling you, I'm not going to argue with you whether or not God's telling you this. Go and do you. Make your choices, and then we'll figure but it out later. But there's time that the Holy Spirit seriously will help me understand and recognize in the moment. Right. It's not God. That ain't God. And so I want to speak to that because I feel like a lot of times we say it is God when it isn't God. Sure. And then there's this utter confusion about who who is God? Is, is he even real? I mean, and if we do that with, doubts. if we do that with God, then we do it with truth. Yeah, absolutely. So we say something is truth when it's not truth. No. We and say, then when yeah. you're confused about the truth and up is not up and down is not down, what you're left absolutely utterly confused. Right. I think sometimes, man, what that, that, you know, when the pain is too much or the fear it overwhelms you and, and we just decide at this time, man, I'm going to, I'm going to opt out of this one. This one's not me. I'm right. going to back down, you know, um, it, we, we forget like God has us in places and, and, and strategically basically. Yeah. And, and to, th- this is the spot. This is where I'm supposed to be at. And, and in this, I'm going to develop and I'm going to grow. You know, yep. I, I I know I was talking to you about this earlier today, and it's funny, man, because God works works this way. He's just that's what He does. But earlier this week, um, I was talking to one of my best friends. Yeah. And we were we were in a restaurant. And we were talking about leadership and and those times where, um, you know, where it, it got too tough, and we're like, man, I'm not down with this. This is this is too yeah. much for me. And, and so we decided to opt out. Um. <laughs> but yeah. But we were thinking, man, like, hey, uh, what, what if, uh, what, if, what if we're robbing God of his glory? Uh-huh. In this yeah, and no, I'll say it. You know? Um, for others to see the story or for others to see the testimony or, 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 or even to encounter him. What if we're doing that? Like, this is my spot. And, and, and because of the fear, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to opt out because, I'm, you know, I'm too scared. No, you're supposed to be where you're at. This is it, you know? And so this is where, where, where we decide. <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in the middle of the, like, this is like being in between uh, Amanda and Matt. We're like, oh, uh, which way do I go? <laughs> yeah, no, no. The truth is, the truth is, like, once you, once you make it about you, the second we make it yeah. about ourselves, you've already committed yeah. grand theft in the kingdom. Right. Yeah. You already have. <laughs> Because because you stolen 
something that is God's. It was never supposed to be yours. Even your gift, your call, your ability, any good thing that you have, the word of God is very specific about any good and perfect gift comes from above. It comes from the Father. Any good thing that you have, it's because God gave it to you. It is the God in you. Any good thing that you do or say, it is the God that is working through you because no person is good. No, not one. I'm going to take control over how I'm perceived, though, then that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to make sure I don't make any mistakes. I'm going to be perfect, you know, and I'm going to take on responsibility for what it is that I'm doing, right? Mm -hmm. I'm in the midst of this thing. It's all on me when the truth is it's all God's and I'm a vessel and I'm a human. I'm allowed to make mistakes and that's okay. But that's what I was saying like before and I didn't get a chance to finish it because my brain's all over the place. I'm so sorry. But um, when I was talking about how being a pastor, you can say God said dot, dot, and then it's just a thing. Right. Right. But I can't maintain that if if people don't perceive me to be the person on the pedestal, the one that's seeking God for their behalf. Truth is, you don't need me. I'm not your Moses. You need to go to God. And that's the thing. Like, I I love to mentor and uh, encourage and help people get through things and process stuff. Are you kidding? I freaking love it. I love being a pastor. It's in my heart. It's who I am. I would do it without a title. It's just just what I want to do. Absolutely. But... I, you don't have to go to me to direction. The Holy Spirit can be active within your life. And if I'm so busy trying to be this oracle for you, then it is a pressure that I wasn't meant to carry, right? Then it's terrifying right. because then I have it all on my shoulders and I have your salvation on my shoulders and I have your, your call on my shoulders right. when it's, it's not ours. <laughs> yeah. And the pressure is too much. It's, it's just not what we're meant to carry. Yeah, God doesn't want, you know, pastors were never intended to be like Yoda's. <laughs> that were like feeling every disturbance in the force that ever happened, right? Like the, I had the force, so yeah. <laughs> that's well, that's fiction um, and witchcraft, <laughs> but that's fine. Um, <laughs> but no, but like I think that I think that we we miss that something that you said. I think hits the nail on the head, and that's that's this that oh man, I rhymed. Wow. Um, uh, I think that this we we either uh, make it about us or we make it about somebody else in terms of like the pastor hey can you do this for me can you pray this for me can you do this for me can you say this for me hey talk to god hey put in a good word for put in a good word to god for me you know because you're the you're the holy person you're and the you're mailman the, like yeah right like <laughs> no nah, man i ain't got no mail to deliver like no ma- mail don't deliver on sundays you need to you i'm i'm, I'm gonna teach you how to walk down to the mailbox and get your you own go. mail that's that's what you're supposed to do i'm not i'm gonna teach you how to read so that you can go and read i'm not it's not my job to read it for you do you know what i'm saying and that i think people people can kind of get that twist something and some people i mean let's just face it some people like to be the oracle mm-hmm. like some people love having the the power the of being the one yeah you know, and that's because again, you're you're you've made it about you, and then the second that you make it about you, you've taken any ounce of God, of glory that God can get. You're if if you've taken a fraction of an ounce of glory away from God, mm-hmm. a fraction of an ounce, then you've robbed God. Right. Period. Mm-hmm. There is no like, well, I just took a little bit. Nah, dog. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. You robbed him. And the fact is, is that he has placed this treasure in what? In earthen vessels, in clay pot. Jack, you ain't nothing but a clay pot. Uh-huh. Right. You ain't nothing but an earthen vessel. You are ashes and dust that God breathed into and made life. That is what you are. You are a set of 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 cells that God brought together that he knit together in your mother's womb and 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 we cannot get so 
so stuck in our insecurity that we can't get. And listen, we're not just out here chirping. We're not just out here chirping and, and you know, if, if there's anybody out there going, well, oh, so what? You've never dealt with insecurity? Like, no, we've already admitted that. Like, we've, we've walked through this. That's why we're talking about it. We're, we're, trying to, we're trying to help people. We talk about the stuff that we deal with here on this podcast because we want to help you walk through it yourself, you know, and, and that's kind of the point. And we're going to get back to get in here in, in just a second, and, and we're going to really point to this, you know, the truth of the matter as it, uh, the heart of the matter, I should say, as we boil down to it. But I, I just, I hate the idea of robbing God of any glory, ignoring truth, or being the person that just loves to be the one. Yeah, like, they want to be Neo. We do this thing, and, and we get in the way all the time, don't we? Oh, we're yeah. Like, I'm going to do this on my own. We've and been then, doing it since we were kids. We right. were standing in the front of the TV, and our parents were trying to watch it. You make a better door than you do a window. Like, we're in the way, is what they're trying to say. We get in the way of God all the time. Who was that? Was that your mom or your dad? <laughs> it was my mom. She was a smoker. Oh, <laughs> oh God. Uh, yeah, I, I do. I think it's fascinating that it is in our, our nature as humans. We want to gravitate to the things that makes us feel good, you know? So I feel good about us, too. Like, that's uh, sometimes, like, in just an example, like, um, sometimes for someone who works, it's uh, a lot easier to go into work. You dive into it. You feel like good about what you're doing. And so you feel motivated and encouraged. And that's where you will bury yourself into. Yet when you're with your family, it's kind of difficult because you're like, you know, how do I, how do I acclimate to this space? Right. And so it doesn't make me feel successful. So I'm going to be a workaholic. We have a tendency to do things like that. I think with church, if you can go in with your mask and you're appreciated for it, you're celebrated for it, you're looked at guidance and direction and people appreciate you for the person that you fake like you are that's why you continue to do what you do you're that fake person but what's scary is is longer the longer you are that fake person you're never truly grasping onto any truth about yourself and about god so when you feel insecure not one darn thing you could do about it because you don't know where it's coming from but you'll bury yourself into this feeling of feeling elevated or good or smart or wise or whatever. And the truth of the matter is, is that the only person who believes that this false self is reality is the person that's in it. Yeah. Because everybody on the outside knows. (laughs) You either know and, and it breaks your heart or you know and you take advantage of it. Yeah. It's one of those two things that happens. And, and Andy, I'm going to shout out to the producer real quick. Andy, you, you need to jump in here if you want to, because you might not get it because we're going, we're good. We're going, we're like, we're about this life. I don't know where you at. I'm right here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good talk. Yeah, <laughs> good talk, Andy. That's amazing. <laughs> Y'all keep going, man. I, I, I'm focused on the audio right here. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, um, speaking to, we can, I think we can talk about the, it's easy to point out the, 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 you know, the nicks in the armor as it were, the, the, the soft spots. Um, because again, we've, we've either experienced it, we've dealt with it, we've wrestled with it ourselves, or we've been in the tension of, um, being so insecure in and of ourselves that people have taken advantage of our insecurity in that way too. And I'd like to tackle that for a little bit too, if we could, because, um, there was an opportunity here uh, as it pertains to the story of, of Gideon. And if you would allow me to, to paint a picture between the lines before we get into what happened. Gideon was in such a state of fear that he was hiding grain by himself in a wine press. First of all, 
he's thinking, uh, I'm going to hide the grain here because the grain doesn't go here. They're never going to look for grain here. You don't think that soldiers are going to go look for the wine after the, after the battle? After a good battle, you need I'm going to need a drink. Yeah. I'm going to need a drink. A <laughs> He's like, these fools are going to go looking for the wine. You know what I'm saying? Um, so never mind that. He's not even thinking straight. Why? Because he's so afraid. When the angel talks to him, and you can see this sense of insecurity about what do you mean, mighty hero? The, the, the battle's happening. He's not on the front lines. He's not going to fight a battle. Why are you calling me mighty warrior? Why are you calling me a man of valor or mighty hero? Why are you saying these things? Clearly, he was already an insecure person. So had the angel of the Lord not appeared there and spoken these things to Gideon, is it fair to say that Gideon probably would have eventually succumbed to whatever plan the enemy had for him? I think that's yeah. I think that's pretty fair to though it though it is an assumption I think that's pretty fair to assume because he's already not believing that he's of any value in a fight because he ain't in the fight if if your place if your spot if your family's getting attacked and your first notion is to run away and go hide bread then clearly you think very little of yourself you're a little scared yeah yeah right and so I think clearly the enemy would have would have overtaken him, would have taken advantage of him. And, and, and so I say all that to say this. And, and people, by the way, uh, if you're out there listening, um, anytime I paint a picture like this, I'm, I'm not trying to add to the Bible. I'm just trying to kind of draw you kind of a narrative, even being a little hyperbolic, if you will, um, kind of taking things to the extreme to, to, to make a point. Um, the fact of the matter is people are not our enemy, but, but, there are people out there that do not have your best interest at heart. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, some of them are in the church. Some of them are in leadership in the church. Some of them at your job. Some of them at McDonald's. Some of them at Walmart. So don't say, well, I don't go to the church because it's full of terrible people. Well, you go everywhere else and it's full of terrible people. I don't understand. The people in the church are trying to figure out their, their terribleness, at least, I guess, you know, the people at Walmart are just, they're, they're just trying to buy flip-flops and a Hawaiian shirt. They're not, they're not trying to fix themselves. I, I okay. think Chick-fil-A is an exception to Chick-fil-A. Well, yeah, there is, there is definitely some goodness at Chick-fil-A. I've never, yeah. Come on. But Wendy's, yeah. but if you have been to Wendy's, it's, it's you, a you guys, Wendy's, they're not happy. We've got to talk about this. <laughs> I, I want to know what's going on. We need to minister to are Wendy's. Are they hurting their people? I want to know. Shout out to Wendy's the and their spicy nugs because <laughs> their spicy nugs are amazing. I do like those. I like the chocolate frosty, but I'm just saying. Everybody likes the chocolate frosty. <laughs> what? And what? fries. What? Yeah. <laughs> Every time I go through a Wendy's drive-thru, they're unhappy. They're very sad. And I would like to know who's hurting these people. Well, it's because they're experiencing the same thing that people experience in the church. It's because people are people everywhere. People are broken right. everywhere. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you've never been in fast food, if you've never worked fast food or retail, let me tell you something. People, you suck sometimes. Mm -hmm. You just do. I do. You act, you act a fool because you're in a drive through line for five minutes and you're like, I thought this was supposed to be fast food. Fool, they're cooking it. They're heating it up. Like, why you got to have an attitude with the person who's getting paid minimum wage to hand you a bag full of food? Amen. Why you got to be upset with them? It's not that critical. But people suck. And that same suckiness that exists outside of the church infiltrates the church as well. So again, people do not always have your best interest at heart. Yeah. Period. And, and, and so... The people that were coming here, the Midianites, they, they obviously did not have Gideon's best interest at heart. And I want to talk about the fact that sometimes we can be taken advantage of because of our insecurities. Let's unpack that. Yeah, absolutely. I do think that, I mean, obviously my um, 
it's not just the church. You're absolutely right. But because of my your purview my is the church because you were you Amanda grew up, you know, doing schoolwork under pews and then falling asleep because uh-huh. revivals were going and on one Monday time through. I brought a, a deck of cards because I was just going to play. And my mom's and you, like, yeah, you got like in trouble in the church, gambled like, in the church. I can't yeah. believe you were playing solitaire so in the church. I was just glad Jesus didn't come back. Solitaires of the devil. Because if he came back, I wouldn't have gone at that point because I brought cards into the, you know, anyways. Um, so my experience is within the church and I have, I have family that's pastors and I've seen people I genuinely love go into ministry right. and I genuinely love them. Right. We're not perfect. Right. And I have seen a good trend of us that get lost in it, you know, and honestly, Matt, me and you have to hold each other accountable because it's like we can't carry on the pressure of the church because the second you start doing that, it becomes overwhelming and stressful and then you're insecure and you don't know why. And so what do you end up doing? You end up getting paranoid or right. nervous or frustrated. And depending on your personality, you'll take it out on people. Right. You'll manipulate them. One of them. us. Yeah. One and, of us. Uh, yeah. Gaslighting, all of it. And so we see a lot of those things. Right. Now, when I was watching, like, um, I'm watching these documentaries on certain things and cool <laughs> stuff like that because it's a thing. Um, we like different things, and we we do like documentaries in our house. We love cult documentaries. I don't know why I'm just obsessed with it. Because <laughs> real and really, I get I don't li- I like them to an extent because by the end of them, I'm really really sad and I don't want to watch them anymore. But Amanda's like, this is so incredible that humans can do this. This is interesting to me. Well, and it helps me understand the nature of us because we need to help each other. Right, we, right. We can't live well, you can you need be surprised at how easy it can be for you know a fire that you have that is a fire that God put in you to be completely quenched mm-hmm. by people around you. And that was something that an old evangelist, a retired evangelist told me, you know, brought her little walker over and I was like 18, freshly saved, just got introduced to Jesus. And I was just, I was jumping during where I didn't know the rules. I didn't care. I had zero church etiquette, man. And I was just worshiping hard. I'd be sweating. I wasn't even on the worship team. I was just in, I was just in the front just, just going. And she came up to me and she said, don't let anybody ever put out your fire. There's enough wet blankets in the church. Yeah. Well, and you know what? I allowed somebody to put out that fire. Because it's so easy to succumb to the pressure of other people's insecurities that they begin again to project onto you like they're your flaws. When you're talking about church etiquette, what's interesting is like who's who's making this church etiquette? A lot of it's not scripture. It's not it's not (laughs) biblical. It's not at all. Pharisees. Every church gets their own set of rules where they're like, This is what we do here and this is how we act and this is what we wear and this is how we sound and this and where is that coming from? Honestly, it it's very um it's a way to kind of control tradition behavior. becomes etiquette when you want to control people's behaviors. Absolutely. Yeah. Do I keep going? You can keep going. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> I just wanted to get that little nugget in. <laughs> that thought came to my mind. So I No, it's and that's so a lot of my experience obviously is within the church, but of course I've seen it in the workplace, you know. I I work full time, but I Yeah. And I've seen it where it's just different personality types trying to deal with their insecurities, they don't know how necessarily to do that. And so it can manifest itself in a leader to, to manipulate or take advantage of someone who might be insecure. Yeah. And that's the thing, though. We have got to stop lying to ourselves. The, mo- the more people that I minister to, the more I realize the only reason why they ever have to process anything or, or because they're so confused constantly, it's because they don't know the truth. Right. They just don't. They have these truths that they were raised with, whether it be... Again, fall in line, do what you're told, right. how you're told, or it's like... We call them facts. Yeah. We call them, the, <laughs> these are the facts that you were told, right? Yeah. These are the facts I'm going to give you. Because facts are everything that you know. The truth is everything that is. And you have a poor view of yourself because you're raised to feel like you have 
Right. You know, mm-hmm. and right. then so whenever you get older and someone tells you you're not that, it contradicts your whole reality. It's been your whole life you felt like this was right. true, and so someone is coming along and telling you something. Is now true. you're in the multiverse. Yeah. So it's like that. How can that be? You almost have to rewire your your mind. So yes, I do see where, um, and you know, it happens even in family units. Unfortunately, you know, sure. it's really hard to be a parent, but I think that happens too, where it's like you're you know you utilize your kids to help take the pressure off of you sure you find yourself uh finding them guilty of things you didn't do it happens with spouses it happens with you know it's just it's all over the place yeah i mean you think about it like you're at work or 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 even at church and 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 a, a leadership you know takes 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 whatever you can do for me right now uh huh. i'm gonna do that right but you don't understand like at the end of the day, when you're doing that to an insecure person or insecure anybody, that that's where the hurt comes in. Yeah. And, and now you have, now you're dealing with church hurt or you're dealing with um, an insecure employee at, right. at work. And, and so, I mean, it, what happens when you can't take anymore? You're, you're, you're done. Am I done after that? Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I, it, it when, when you, you won't take anymore, right. When you won't take anymore. And yeah. I, so I, I mean, we have to sit in the truth and know that I, like I'm more than 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 what than what they're calling me to be. Right, you're more than what you do. Right, yeah, that's so good. Gideon, how dare you? Um, <laughs> you're talking about Gideon. <laughs> and he muted her mic because it was because wow. it was hot in the background noise. Oh, I know it's like a heavy breather or something. Um, anyways. <laughs> Um, but you're talking about Gideon right. trusting God, right? If right. we really trusted God for who he was and who he really is, right. he has our back and he's the one that has us. We, this insecurity, like speaking to the person who is like, I'm this insecure person. I don't know what to, to do with this. Um, stop being afraid and really just sit and acknowledge the truth. Yeah. If there's a lot of things that you're feeling about you that makes you feel negative about you, I want you to right now recognize the truth that contradicts that yeah. because God's um, God's written word, his nature, it goes against so many things that you've already have just chosen to believe, whether it be like something that you've just been thinking about or you're raised to believe or whatever, but trusting God because he is my provider. So I don't have to worry about if I lose my job or if something happens. Right. I really don't because yeah. he has me. Um, I don't have to worry about my kids. I don't have to stay up all night worrying. Are they going to be okay? Are they safe? Or I don't have to stress out about things. I don't have to be in fear about anything. I don't have to wonder if I'm enough because um, if we knew the truth, God chooses us unperfect. Like we're not supposed to be figured out because if I was a really great amazing person in literally everything that I did then you could probably go man is amazing she's so great you know like she's sure. she does so much sure but when you see me as a human and I'm I am I am lame I am not funny uh, I do a lot of things wrong in front of people I make mistakes I can throw tantrums Preach. doesn't happen very often Preach. I'm pretty great but when I got yeah. your back in this. So, I don't know. <laughs> so I can be human. So if there's anything, and I'm also acknowledging in front of people that anything good that comes from me yes. can't possibly be me. Yes. Because I, I, I prefer 
to, for people to look at me like she's such a, a dork because I'm not, it's not because I'm smart. It's because God is so good to me that he shows me things. Right. Okay. I didn't even deserve that, but here we are. And right. so if we're constantly contributing every single good thing we could possibly muster up and do to him, period. It, stop, it takes the pressure right off of you. You don't have to be perfect in front of people. You don't have to be afraid of what you've done, of the mistakes that you make, the things that you say. You can own things up in the moment. I used to be such a liar because I was raised to be. You care about what people think, right? So you have to be perfect at mm-hmm. all times. So I'm just like, whatever I need to say to get you away from me. And so I was a liar. Well, when I started getting older, I'm like, why, why am I doing this? When I started going through this phase of like, I don't want to be this anymore. I want to know the truth. So I started diving into the truth. What is the truth? And I would talk to someone and someone would, I would say something to them. And it was like my knee jerk reaction. And I would say something Mm -hmm. and it was not true. And I would go, I don't know why you said that. It's not true. I would acknowledge it right in front of their face. Right. Because I was wanting freedom more than anything. And I think going through that process, you have to acknowledge where you're at and what you've been doing. And that for people is very hard process. Yeah. But we got to do it. We got to do it. And what is the truth about everything? If we walked in truth, the truth is I'm human. I'm allowed to make mistakes. So when I do, I don't kill myself over them. I get up. I learn from them. I grow. And God has my back. So there's literally nothing I can't do because he's so freaking awesome. And with that being your truth, no more of I'm worthless. I can't be utilized. God can't help me. I'm not a good friend or whatever you're struggling with. If you can walk in truth... I'm human. I make mistakes. I'm going to learn and grow from them. God has my back. He freaking loves me. There's nothing you can't do. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There's a lot to unpack there. Sorry. That's a lot. I hope y'all, I hope y'all were listening out there. If you didn't listen, this is cool thing that you can do where you can like rewind it a little bit and you can listen to it again. They have that. 10 second thing. Where yeah. You Cause you, cause you're, you're going to want to listen to that probably more than once. Cause there was a lot of good little nuggets in there that you're going to want to, you know, mine out of there because it was some good stuff. I see what you did. And the point of this, I think, um, that, that I want to take away and I really want to focus on is, is this idea that you said at the end that, you know, we are, uh, you know, I, I have, there's, there's nothing of me that, you know, the good that you see or the things that I'm able to do is because God is good to me. Right. It's because God is good to me. And, 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 and this is what happens with Gideon. And listen, Gideon still struggled with insecurity and, and being unsure. He still wrestled with doubt. Gideon put a fleece out to God like three times. He was like, look, mm-hmm. even after God says what I'm about to share with you, he was like, okay, but let's, let's play a game. Let's do this. I'm going to put a fleece out there. And then this is what I want to do. And God's like, all right, cool. And he's like, okay, listen, I know I said that, but if we could do it again, but then just do the opposite. And, and God's like, okay, fine. God, please permit me. I'm so sorry. If we could do that one more time. Because he's unsure. And it's not that he's unsure of God. He's unsure of himself and that God could ever want to be with him. Because that's the thing that I think that we wrestle with a lot too is why? God's with me. Why? Why me? Why is God with me? But this is the thing that that that, that the messenger says to, uh, to uh, uh, Gideon. And actually it says that the Lord turned to him and said, if you look in Judges chapter 6, verse 14 says, then the Lord turned to him. And said, go with the strength that you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites, from your enemies. I am sending you, 
Gideon wants to argue because why? Because we always want to argue because we don't think that we're worthy to carry uh, the call of God or do anything for God. But Lord, Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? Oh man, this was my argument for years in the church, by the way. My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, but I've only been going to church for a short while. I really don't know a whole lot of the Bible, and I'm the least of my entire family. You don't understand all the bad things that I've done in my life. The Lord says to him, this is, this is why, I will be with you. I will be with you, and you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. Go in the strength that you have equals I know you're not enough. That's not the point. I will be with you. That's the point. Yeah. Right. Little is much when God is in it. When you have nothing left but God, you discover that God is enough. And that is the whole point. Because if your identity is hinged upon the outcome of your efforts, then you're setting yourself up for insecurity. Because you're never going to be able to be enough or do enough. Yeah, It's never going to happen. And if we're making this about us, we missed it. We missed it. This is God's church. It's God's kingdom. God has been, is, and will always be enough. Yeah. Saying something? Yeah, you're you going to say something to us? I'll say something. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I really like what you said, Pastor Amanda, about um, you know the former things that you used to be and overcoming. And I think, like for me, um, I can say that I'm a changed person, but I can't say I'm a changed person because of me. Um, you know, the former things that I would say is, you know, I lied a lot, I was manipulative, I was insecure. And to be honest, I'm still those things if it wasn't for God. Uh, like right now, those things still exist, but God won't allow them to exist. And if I allow God to work in me, then they don't. Um, but it's the overcoming, and it's the, I'm not enough if God's not here. I, I'm the former things if God's not here. Yeah, we find ourselves the same mm. tendency, right? Because you, you know, The default. Your default, yeah. You what go, we call you go it, back yeah. back into certain defaults or whatever. But yeah, no, in, in a constant acknowledgement of who God is, um, no, you, you surrender those things. And then from honestly, every day, every day is like a wake up every morning, Amanda going, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to let people get to me. Or I'm not going to like, I'm not going to take things personal. And I'm, I'm almost keeping that standard for myself by going, absolutely not put my right, foot down right. about it. Yeah. I mean, how many times have I done, I've totally done this. Like I've felt unworthy or um, like, don't choose me on this one, God, because this one's not mine. Or I, even worse, where I've thought, hey, I can do this one on my own. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that's, that's, that's where it gets real dangerous. Yeah. But that you can do it on your, maybe you might get by, you know what, you might, you might, you might make it happen. But that feeling you felt yesterday, you go feel it tomorrow too. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. But when you surrender to God, that victory is so much sweeter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. You know what it is? I think, I think the, the default, the default is we invite God to the gym and not to the fridge. <laughs> right? Explain. When stuff gets hard yeah. and gets heavy, mm -hmm. God, please help. Please show up. But when we're going to the fridge and we want just a little snacky snack and it's easy <laughs> and say, life is easy, oh no, let me eat this. Let me eat this stuff that's bad for me. Like, you're inviting God to the gym because you need help lifting stuff, but you're not willing to invite him to the fridge because you don't want him to tell you how to live your life. You don't want him to tell you to get rid of the stuff that's bad for you oh, and walk right. it out. Brother, like they that. say 80 Yeah, you looked at me like I was crazy at first. <laughs> no, I, I just God talks to me different. 
I, I mean, they say 80% of it's your diet, right? And, and the fact is, is in the church, 100% of it is your diet. Because if it's 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 all God or nothing, right? You're not going to get you know spiritual abs if uh, if you don't change the way abs. if you don't change your diet, you're not going to get shredded, bro. God, just give me one. <laughs> just give me one. I hate what you said. Just get, I have only one ab <laughs> right now. Can we call it that? No. If it turns, if it's just round, we can just call it an ab. You have to make it a square. Or something I feel like I've accomplished like... more if it's just an ab. <laughs> We've gotten off track. Yes. Yeah. I mean, spiritual abs probably. Uh, <laughs> I've why got do a you have so pack. many food references. <laughs> I'm hungry. <laughs> I don't know why. You know, God, it's funny because I just I say I say things the way that I say them because I, I genuinely say them the way that that I feel like they're dropped into me. And God talks to me different than he than he talks to other people. He speaks to me in different ways than he would speak to you. And that's what's so cool. That's why you got to be the one to talk to God, man. If you're dealing with insecurity, if you're wrestling with self doubt and all of those things, man. Just take a minute and talk to God because he'll talk to you right where you're at, right. right how you need to be talked to in the language that you use. That's what's so beautiful about God, man, is that he can speak to us in such a way where to us it makes it. It don't have to make sense to anybody else. But to you. And, but but as long as it makes sense to you. And trust me, there are. I got friends. I'm getting ready to go to my 20-year my reunion in November, uh -oh. okay? My, my high school reunion, 20 years. And listen... Is some people there that these fools are like, they're confused that I'm a pastor, okay? Mm -hmm. Because they know who I used to be. And they're like, this fool's a pastor. So listen, but it doesn't matter because God called me. God ministered to me. God changed me. God shifted me. But it, and it, it only happened because I surrendered. I acquiesced to God. I said, God, I am not enough. I cannot do this. I don't see myself as a mighty warrior, but I know that you're capable of anything. So I will go in the strength that I have, trusting that you will be with yeah. me. I love it, man. I love it. Let's 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 go ahead and let's put a pin in it. Now nah, let's close the chapter. I think we'll come back and we'll talk about some other stuff. We're not gonna put a pin on that. We're gonna close the chapter on this one. This was a good, this was good stuff. Tony, man, your your podcast debut. Thanks for Thanks for coming and hanging out with us did today. I do okay? You did great. Okay? Thought it was good. <laughs> you need you need you know you, you, you talk some more next time. I'm oh. sure it'd be good. It'd be it'd be easier to talk some more. I think every, it's, it's I'm I'm telling you, it's like that jump rope thing. It's double like, dutch. It's, uh, oh, I know. Yeah. Do I go yeah. now? I know. No. That's mostly my fault, <laughs> and I'm willing to confess this. And so what? Yeah. So you know what's okay. next? I don't know if you guys are aware of this, Tony. You've never been on the show before, but this is this is what we do at this point in the uh -oh. show. We, we shut down the topic, and it's time for something else. It's time for recommendations. Oh. Eli's favorite part of the show, <laughs> recommendations. Oh. <laughs> I'm cutting <right>. that out. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that Andy has the power to cut that out. That actually made me laugh really hard. All right, listen, I have the recommendation. I know, I know you guys are going to uh, bring some recommendations with you next time uh, that we get together because... Um, what we do usually at this point is we, we like to talk about stuff that either we're reading. Maybe um, Amanda is like the queen of social media follows and stuff like that. She's like, there's a follow. You got to go follow this person. But we like to make Eli run around um, in post <laughs> and, and find different things to put. But we like to make recommendations, you guys. And this is a, this is a cool thing for all, the, for all the fellas out there, for all the ladies listening that want to maybe get something for your, for your dude. This book by Larry Titus called The Tellius Man. And it is, it's yeah. your, it's about identity. It's about the identity of, uh, of, of men. And so the Telios man, and, and it's a really good book. I, Tony, I think you've already 
you've already read this book, but you also, you went to a conference. I did. Larry and Titus I, actually I, puts I on a Telios Larry. conference. I met, I met Larry. He, great guy. Great guy. Um, that conference was amazing. Um, just the freedom at that con- conference, man. It was, it was awesome. So look it up, man. Larry Titus, the Telius man, uh, the forward was written by Jack Hayford. He's like, uh, an old, uh, saint of the church, man. It's crazy, crazy stuff going on. But anyway, make sure that you oh, check wait, us whoa, out. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, Andy whoa. has, I have a recommendation. Andy has a right. Re- what? Uh, unicorn. You can't see me, so I don't know where you're going to put this Eli. Uh, <laughs> it's also an Instagram. It's living victory church. Hey! Uh, shout, shout out, out to, to Pastor Dwayne. Shout out to PD. We see you. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> uh, they're letting us use their building for the vine. Yes. Uh, they're amazing. Pastor Dwayne is awesome. I met him this week. Go follow Living Victory Church. One word. Living Victory Church, at Living Victory on Instagram. Man, we love those guys. They're all about kingdom there. We're, we're, we're all about kingdom. That's what this whole thing is all about, man. We're discussing Bible stuff as kingdom people we don't we don't always all the guests that you see here we don't always all go to the same church or or experience the same ministries but we all love jesus and we all love one another because that's what god has called us to do this is not my empire this is god's kingdom and so that's what this life is all about pastor Dwayne, we love you um yeah man that's all the time that we have today uh on chicken scratch gospel make sure that you follow us on social media go subscribe to our youtube page so that we get more subscribers than my son's youtube page hit the bell for notifications we're out go love like jesus